The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives a feel good sound. Traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high heel shoes. Got her wings on, too. You know, I've never seen a better stew. Oh, Betty and the Jets. Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have a screaming pilot, some air marshal covers, two passengers taking matters into their own hands, and at the end of the episode, the burning question of crotch to crotch or butt to butt. Let's get on with the show. So in the last episode, the main story was about a sort of a sad story, kind of a gross story, where an older man couldn't hold it and probably wasn't feeling well uh, and ended up uh, pooping in the aisle. And it was the story about us having to clean up the poop. And I got emails and tweets from a couple of listeners, George and David, um, both explaining that I probably should have been more specific when I was talking about how we were cleaning up the poop in the aisle. (laughs) I was mentioning we used our old standbys, which we use all the time, which is uh, coffee and vodka. And I should have clarified that I wasn't talking about liquid hot coffee because they wrote me an email saying, I was sitting there thinking, why in the world would you pour hot liquid coffee over poop. How could that possibly make it better? Kind of like, yuck. (laughs) But it's coffee grounds. Coffee grounds is what we use. Um, We use it so often and so often things that become second nature to us. I guess most people in your normal life aren't pouring coffee grounds over poop. (laughs) And they both were saying in in their emails, you know, we were just thinking, why on earth would you pour hot coffee over poop? You just make it worse. There's a blonde driving to the airport. Yeah. She saw a sign that said airport left, so she turned around and went home. <laughs> <laughs> you know how at the end of my show I do the whole cheesy. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty and the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Well, I am going traveling around the world in a couple weeks. Very excited. I'm going to Indonesia. I'm going to a 
island, strange-looking island in Indonesia called Sulawesi. Uh, I have never heard it spoken. <laughs> That's part of the problem when you're traveling and you're reading it and you have never heard a word spoken. You don't really know how it's pronounced until you actually get there and hear people saying it. Uh, I've been going to Amsterdam a lot, so the Dutch used to control Indonesia, a lot of Indonesia. So they have actually heard of it. And when I've said where I'm going, the flight attendants, the Dutch flight attendants have been like, um, where? And I'm like, Sulawesi. And then one flight attendant said, oh, you mean Sulawesi. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's it, Sulawesi. <laughs> so I started calling it Sulawesi because she she's heard it pronounced before. And then I ran into another flight attendant. So I said I was going to Sulawesi. And she's like, where? And I'm like, it's an island in Indonesia. And she's like, oh, you mean Sulawesi. And I'm like, all right, it ends in an I. But yes, yeah, I'm going to Sulawesi. So I don't know where I'm going. I don't know if I'm going to Sulawesi, Sulawesi, or Sulawesi. I'm going to an odd-looking island in Indonesia. And I've been meaning to go there ever since I read a National Geographic article. And it talked about this couple going on night safari to find this Tarsier. And now I have not heard that spoken, so it could be Tarsier. I don't know. It looks like Tarsier, so I'm going with Tarsier. Uh, they were going on safari at night in the jungle to find this Tarsier, which is the world's smallest primate. It is an adorable looking thing. It kind of looks like a bush baby in Africa, like a little tiny furry thing with giant eyes. Kind of like if you ever saw the movie Gremlins, which is a scary movie, but before they're the cute little cuddly animals that once they turn wet, turn into scary gremlins. But this, the Tarsier kind of looks like the gremlin before it turns into a gremlin when it's a cute little thing. And they have these giant eyes and their heads rotate nearly 360 degrees. Uh, when I first heard it, I didn't hear the nearly, I just heard rotate 360 degrees. I was like, I gotta see that. What, what the heck? So I did a little more research and it says they rotate nearly 360 degrees. So I believe, and I don't know until I get to actually see these things, I'm guessing that their head can go 360 degrees, but can't keep going. I don't know. I'll find out and I'll let you know next month. But another reason I'm going there, well, it's got beautiful water and uh, snorkeling and diving. Um, but they've also got very interesting cultures there. And Tana Taraja, the Tarajans, they live their whole life for their death. So they save their whole life for their funer funerals. And they have these massive week-long funerals where they do sacrifices and uh, not people, uh, water buffaloes, you know, big, expensive. I, I, I've read that the water buffaloes cost like $8,000. So that's a ton of money over there. Uh, that, that's another thing. <laughs> I went and got some money um, just because lots of times when you first get to a place, it's nice to have some money. You know, you're going to need it for a taxi. You're going to you need some money and you hate to just rely on there being an ATM, working ATM at the airport. So trip uh, away. You can get money ahead of time, which is just nice. It's also nice to see the money ahead of time, especially when it's a strange currency. And their currency rate is like 8,000 or say like 10,000 rupees. Is like 82 cents. So 
<laughs> so you're talking some big numbers. So for like $300, you get like 3 million <laughs> rupees. So I went to, to Tripway and got 3 million rupees. <laughs> I was saying, she said, how would you like that? I'm like, not in fives. Can you imagine I need a suitcase just for the money? <laughs> we went with the best mix. So anyway, they live their whole lives for their funerals. And then they carve an effigy of the dead and then it's like in the side of a mountain so they're sort of like effigies or statues of all the dead people who have ever passed on uh it sounds very interesting so of course i want to see it i'm sure i'll have lots of stories next month but mainly i want to see these tarsiers and to go to this forest to stay and you want to stay overnight which i do because i have to go on night safari you have to basically stay in a homestay is what they call it because it's not really a hotel you sort of stay in someone's house and they have like non-flushing toilets <laughs> it should be it should be it should be fun basically and hopefully lots of stories but then i like to get a guidebook so i went on amazon like i always do and i was surprised to see an actual book on i don't even know how to say it i'll go with sulavesi <laughs> And I was all excited, and the picture on Amazon was the front of the book, and I was pleased because I assumed I'd just have to get a book on Indonesia, and there would be a chapter on Sulawesi. Um, but I was, look, I'm like, woohoo, there's a whole actual book. So I ordered it, and uh, wah, 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 it was not a book. It was more of a homemade pamphlet. I got a travel pamphlet. It's like under 50 pages, and most of it was table of contents and uh, pictures. <laughs> I guess maybe there's really not enough information to have a whole book. And one of the other interesting things about, I've been talking about this now since I'm going there, and I'm mentioning it to pilots and flight attendants, and the pilots, are, well, of course, the flight attendants have never heard of it, but the pilots are like, are you going where? Which is highly unusual, because the pilots are generally very smart geographically, and they don't even know where it is. <laughs> Uh, I was just talking to a flight attendant, and she said, oh, my husband was just uh, flying on a flight, and the person next to them had a emotional support ferret. An emotional support ferret. <laughs> Sorry. The, emotion, the bogus emotional support thing is really getting out of hand. I won't be surprised if somebody actually gets an uh, emotional support tarsier. <laughs> You could really freak out the people behind you because the thing's head will turn all the way around. Okay. We're flying to Milan. Yes. And uh, I was on my bra break, and the captain was on his break. And it's back when we had the tourists yes. in the. In the passenger seats. And the other flight dance in the business, they can, uh, so I'm by myself. And like in an hour of the break, I hear somebody like screaming, like like a stubborn screaming. And I'm thinking, I'm just dreaming. Yeah. And, uh, and then now I, I realize I'm not dreaming. I open the curtain and my flight attendant is just like staring at me. And the screaming coming from the pilot tourist. Really? And I'm thinking, oh my God, oh my God, something happened and somebody's killing him. So I'm jumping out of my crew rest and I open his curtain 
and next to him another flight attendant. It's a male, male African American flight attendant, and I always see his white eyes staring at me. But the captain, he had a nightmare. Oh. And uh, and then he jumps up, and he says, "I'm okay. I'm okay." Everybody, like one A, is awake. Everybody awake, and they're just like staring at him, you know. So the captain woke up the whole cabin screaming. Yes, yes. and then he gets up and he walk around and just walk around the business and takes his seat back. He said he had nightmares. And he was having a fight. So it was, it was so terrifying because my flight attendant said you were crazy to get up because I was scared. <laughs> My last trip, I was flying with a woman who was very senior. I, I really couldn't figure out her age, late 60s, early 70s. Sometimes it's hard to tell. Uh, people age so differently. And I, I wasn't going to ask how old she was. So she's kind of heavy set, And she had mentioned that she had just lost a lot of weight, like 80 pounds or something. And she was kind of sloppy. You know, I hate to say that, but some people are less... Uh, groomed, you know, she didn't seem to care. I guess some people that happens also. Anyway, she's kind of just sloppy. So I hadn't given her looks that, you know, I wasn't looking at her that closely. And then the other flight attendant started grumbling. She's not wearing a bra. She's not wearing a bra. And that's strange. You know, we're required to wear undergarments. And I hadn't really noticed that until they said it. So then I took a closer look at her uh, chest area and I was like, oh, my gosh, she's not wearing a bra. And her uh, boobs were like waist level. Like they, That's why I hadn't noticed because they were so far down from where they're supposed to be. Uh, why in the world would you not wear a bra? That would be uncomfortable. Anyway, um, the other flight attendants were talking and they kept saying, um, I've flown with her before. And on the other flights, flight attendants were like, why is she not wearing a bra? She's not wearing a bra. You know, whispering behind her back. And she one of the girls on my trip was like, I've flown with her before. And some of the other flight attendants on other trips have said, you know, we're going to write her up, you know, get her in trouble for not wearing a bra. And this girl on my trip was saying, you know, I don't think anybody should do that. You know, you should just tell the person to their face, don't get them in trouble, which is a better policy. And I don't do either because I don't want to confront anybody. And I certainly don't want to write anybody up. <laughs> but this girl, you know, some people are more straightforward and more confrontational. So she said, I'm going to say something to her. So she did. I didn't hear that conversation, but later on in the galley, the girl, the braless woman <laughs> said, well, it gets on my days off. I'm going to have to go shopping at Playtex. Uh, sort of making a joke, but also basically sort of saying she was frustrated with the other flight attendant for saying something to her. But, you know, it's probably right of her to say something um, because it doesn't, you know, it certainly doesn't look good to have your boobs at your waist level. And one of the other girls was saying, well, I hope we don't have to do CPR on her because they teach us in training that you do your compressions, you know, at nipple level. <laughs> and on her, it'd be on, you'd be doing compressions on her waist. So I am always looking to entertain myself. And lots of times we have uh, federal air marshals, you know, the air marshals on the plane who are armed guards. And uh, I've, I've wanted to get them to tell stories for the podcast, but they are not very forthcoming with stories because of all the secrecy. So one of the things I do like to ask them is what cover do they use with the passengers next to them? You know, because you're on a nine hour flight, 
the passenger next to you is some point probably going to ask you what you do for a living and you can't say you're an air marshal. So I like to ask them, you know, because I figure they, sh they should probably come up with creative things, you know, like uh, I'm in the mortuary business or I would, you know, I would have fun with it. But <laughs> so I asked them and I asked the one guy, he's like, oh, yeah, I tell myself fitness equipment because it's boring and they won't ask, you know, any more questions. And uh, another guy said the same sort of thing. He said, I tell myself insurance because nobody wants to hear about that because basically they don't want to ask a lot of questions because then eventually they might get caught in a lie or look, you know suspicious. And then there was a nice looking black air marshal and I asked him, uh, what do you tell people? And he said, I tell them I'm just out of prison. Go shut some right up. <laughs> that was the best answer I'd had. I always say crossover make a right. She said, we can't really tell people to cross over to go to the other side, because it means death. Oh. oh. So I was like, ever since she said that. <laughs> you were saying cross over to the other side. I said, go to the lights, go to the lights. <laughs> so ever since she said that, I was like, that way. Yeah. And I have two stories about passengers taking matters into their own hands. I was flying with this girl. I was sitting on the jump seat, so I didn't have my recorder handy. Uh, it's not, you know, part of the safety thing is uh, get in there, strap up, and, you know, make sure you have your recorder in your hand. <laughs> anyway, she was telling me that when she was pretty new, she was on a flight that was delayed about an hour and a half. I think it was into Newark. And there was a man who basically was just screaming at her about being late. And, you know, I don't have to go into it. I know you guys have all heard someone doing a tirade. And, you know, she's new. And anyway, we're supposed to anyway. She's like, I'm so sorry, sir. I, you know, I'm sorry. I know we're late. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the weather. You know, she's doing her best to calm him down. And the guy was just relentless. So like, the guy sitting next to him, who was in the middle seat, was a 95 year old man and I guess he had had enough and he turned around and he smacked him <laughs> he smacked the male passenger who was complaining granted I think she said it was a light slap but still he was like snap out of it what's wrong with you he said don't you know it wasn't that long ago that to make this journey it would have taken you three months in a covered wagon and you'd be lucky if you'd made it there alive you know we're late an hour and a half and it's the weather the weather what do you think this young woman can control the weather what's wrong with you and she said the man's face who had been complaining was so red because he was shocked that the man had slapped him and you know you also aren't going to fight back and you know, what are you going to do throw down with a knife <laughs> 95 year old man <laughs> so she sort of walked away you know kind of sucking at her lips thinking da, 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 da. <laughs> just got rescued by a 95 year old man <laughs> so I got an email from a listener named Pamela and she said she was on a red eye and I was lucky enough to get an aisle seat you know more leg room I was exhausted I had I had no sleep mask, so instead I had a somewhat sheer scarf on as a belt. So I took it off, folded it nice and thick, and placed it over my eyes. Across the aisle and one seat up was a small child that seemed to be either on speed, 
or ate an entire box of sugar-coated Captain Crunch. He jumped around, yelled, screamed, shouting, Mom, Mommy, look at this! Mommy, look at me! Mommy, Mommy! And about uh, 58 times over three minutes. All the things that make you dislike children sitting near you. (laughs) His mother either didn't care or had developed a selective hearing. Either way, everyone around was miserable. And she just merrily talked to her seatmate on the other side of her. Now, this was in the days of pillows on the plane, and I had one tucked behind me, and I was desperate for sleep. After 20 minutes, I had had it. I wanted quiet now. I could just barely see through my scarf, and when the mother's head was turned, I yanked out the pillow, smacked the kid upside the head, and then stuffed it back behind me in one quick move and then pretended like I was asleep. (laughs) I hazily watched, and now that now silent child was looking at me, looking at the mom, looking at me, back at the mom, and you could see the little hamster wheel in his head spinning before coming to the stop at, Mommy, didn't you see that? What will that lady do next? (laughs) The mother had no idea what he was talking about. Meanwhile, the, the person sitting next to me was not making a sound, but I could feel his whole body shaking with laughter. You know how many people would love to do that? Just bop the kid on the head with a pillow. Of course, didn't hurt him. (laughs) Maybe taught him a lesson. Now, the kid barely made a peep the rest of the two-hour flight. And as we were getting off the plane, I gave him a look and said, Thank you for being so good this whole way here. And his mother smiled and thanked me for my nice compliment. (laughs) I've never dared to do it again, but God, it was fun. (laughs) It gave my seatmate a good laugh and a story to take home. Thanks, Pamela. I want to thank you guys who were so kind when you were going to go to buy something on Amazon. We're so thoughtful as to go to my website, BettyInTheSky.com first, click through the link, and then buy whatever you're going to buy on Amazon. It doesn't cost you any more, but it supports the show. I do get I get a kick out of seeing what people buy. I can't see names, but I can see what people purchase. And this past month, somebody bought a 3D printer. How exciting is that? I can't even imagine, you know, what you do with it. But I I find the whole concept fascinating. And somebody else bought 15 TVs. What do you do with 15 TVs? (laughs) I don't know, but thank you for clicking through my website, bettingthesky.com, before you bought those 15 TVs. And somebody else bought a tire swing. How fun is that? Thanks so much. If you want to be thoughtful and kind this holiday season, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, if you click through my website, I get a little portion. It supports the show. And uh, thank you so much. The music for this episode was sent to me by a fantastic listener named Sheila. Sheila from sunny Valencia, Spain. She sent me the music and it is, it's a video and it's called Cabin Crew Worldwide Appreciation Song. And I will put the video on my website, bettingthesky.com. And I'll also post a picture of a Tarsier, or Tarsier, <laughs> that I hope to see in Sulawesi. So this was fun. I was getting on my commuter flight going to work and it's getting on the last minute, you know, standby and I'm getting ready to sit down and the passenger who was sitting in the middle seat who was getting up to let me get in goes, I know you, I know you. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I'm thinking, what? He's like, I sat next to you like three years ago. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, I remember you, you know, the doctor. Uh, I had a nice chat with him like three years ago. And he said, uh, as we settled back in, he's like, hey, hey, I heard you on the BBC, this documentary. And I, I was listening to it going, hey, hey, I know her. That was Betty. <laughs> I sat next to her on the plane. And what was fun for me about that is that that BBC documentary, and it's on my website, bettingthesky.com, was a very, uh, I was very honored to be part of a BBC documentary. And it was also very exciting. And what's weird is that um, so many people that I know <laughs> didn't listen to it. <laughs> or, you know, anyway, it's just fun to me that somebody I sat next to for 30 minutes three years ago, was excited to hear me on the BBC. So, yes, we were working the flight from Cincinnati to Rome, and across the center of the plane, there were five seats. So it was a husband and wife, Mm -hmm. and a mom, a dad, and a son who was probably like 16 years old. So the alcohol was free and everybody was drinking a lot. Well, in the middle of the night, we hear some people screaming. So we go running up and what had happened was the husband of the husband and wife was inside the shirt of the mother. And the son woke up to seeing the man with his hands inside his mother's shirt and began to hit the man. Which was his father? No, it was was the other. The other, the couple, and the mom, dad, and son. Was the the, the woman awake? So, no, nobody, the, the only person that originally was awake was the molester. And then the son of the molestee woke up, saw the man doing, because everybody had been drinking a lot. crazy, though, that they did with the the husbands right there, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) And then when we got to, so big fight, we had to split everybody up. How old was was the son? Like 16 or something. Uh, And then we got to Rome, and they had to take all of the seat cushions for DNA evidence. That's crazy that you would... I mean, it's crazy to do it anyway, in general, but to do it with the husband sitting right there. Like I said, everybody had been drinking quite a lot. That's crazy. Amsterdam and we were in the boarding area the plane they were still cleaning it so we're just sitting around waiting and the best looking guy walks into the gatehouse um like drop dead gorgeous and I noticed all the rest of the girls on the crew all of us you know you know <laughs> he got all of our attention so after he walked by I'm like did you see that guy everybody's like, oh my goodness that guy is like the best looking guy well here's the weird thing as we were getting on the plane, I was kind of looking around for that guy, you know, see where he was sitting, just get another look at him. And uh, I couldn't find him, which I thought was odd. So we get on the plane and we're doing the services. You know, we're in, on an international flight. We're up and down the aisles a million times. And uh, I see him on the plane and I think, oh, well, he's not that good looking. What was I thinking? 
But then on the next time I do service, like I guess a different angle or whatever, he was like fantastic looking again, which was very confusing. And so I said to the other flight attendant who was working my same aisle, I'm like, do you notice that that really good looking guy, she's like, oh my gosh, sometimes he looks great and other times he looks like less than average. Like I know I've never run into it someone like that. There was a Seinfeld episode where he was dating a girl and, and in one light she'd be gorgeous and in another light she'd be ugly. <laughs> and I thought it was just kind of a joke. I didn't think it really actually happened. But sure enough, this guy, it was like almost every other time, like when he was sleeping, he was beautiful. <laughs> we kind of figured that maybe his eyes are a little wonky, you know, sort of cross-eyed. So depended on, you know, what angle you were looking at him, whether he was perfect or a little like, ooh, I honestly, I didn't think it actually existed. I kind of feel sorry for him, you know, because, you know, he's probably disappointing all the people all the time. You know, they see a picture, like say you're online dating and he's like the best looking guy you've ever seen. And he shows up and then they go like, and then two minutes later, he's good looking again. So strange. So I was pondering while I couldn't sleep and crew rest, uh, why certain people act a certain way on the airplane. And one of the things that I've been noticing, random, strange, stupid thing to notice, is that we're constantly walking up and down the aisles. And on a constant basis, we're having to get around passengers. So there's a passenger in the aisle. I need to get by them. And I just turn to the side. And I always turn away from them. And I notice, depending on who the passenger is, whether they turn towards me or away from me. So basically, whether or not we're going face to face or crotch to crotch or butt to butt. And I was wondering, because how I've been noticing how people react if it was a gender-specific movement. (laughs) So I started asking people, and here's some of the answers I got. Okay, when you're going down the aisle and there's a passenger or somebody else in there, do you turn away from them so you're like basically butt to butt or do you go crotch to crotch? Oh, I turn away from them if they stop, yes. Yes, so you go But if I stop, they usually go butt to crotch. This is what I was saying, but I've heard, this is a rumor, that men turn that way if they find you attractive. Uh So it's actually, you can tell... So if they turn go butt to butt, then then they don't. They're not interested. But if they turn towards you, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, interesting. Okay, you know when you come in contact with somebody in the aisle doing a survey, do you turn towards them or away from them? What do you mean? If so like you're trying, you're both trying to get through the aisle. So do you turn butt to butt or do you go crotch to crotch? <laughs> Depends if it's female or male. <laughs> This is what I'm thinking, that the men and women have very different opinions on this subject. If it's a guy, it's butt to butt. (laughs) But if it's a female, does it matter what the female looks like? Because I've heard on the radio that some men decide if they think you're attractive, they they turn towards you. If they think you're unattractive, they go the other way. Yeah, she's really hot. (laughs) It's crotch to butt. I'm doing this informal survey. When you're going down the aisle and there's a passenger in the aisle, do you turn towards them or away from them? So do you go butt to butt or crotch to crotch? Butt to butt. My theory is that 100% of women, and so far I asked the pilots, so far 100% of women say butt to butt and the men say the opposite. 
Okay, so you're the first pa- passenger I'm asking the same question. When you're going down the aisle and you run in contact with another passenger, do you turn towards them or away from them? Away. You do away. Huh. If I first, all the pilots so far say they turn towards them. Really? But so far, 100% of women say they turn away. <laughs> Maybe that makes me a little feminine. No, I think that makes you polite. Okay, I, I agree with you. When you run into someone in the aisle, okay, and you need to get by, do you turn towards them, away from them? So do you go like crotch to crotch or butt to butt? Butt to butt. <laughs> oh, you, you do. I do. How about for you? Same here. Now, see, but you're unusual because I'm finding, this is a, a very informal survey, that 95% of women say they go butt to butt, but most of the men <laughs> say they go the other hey, way. So oh, I would never. No. So, but here is my question. Because um, I think with women, I can understand. But now for you, uh, the, the small percentage of the men who have said they turn the other way, they think it's because it's polite or appropriate. Is that what it is or is it something else? I, I, I would say it's polite, yeah. Yes. It would be, I mean, I would not want to go crotch to crotch with a guy. <laughs> no. So do you go butt to butt or crotch to crotch? Butt to butt. How about for you? Toward them. What was that? Toward them. You go toward them. Mm-hmm. You're the first woman that I've asked that goes toward them. Almost 100% of the women have gone away. I was raised, it, it's, it's considered rude. You should go backwards. Yes. Ah. Yes. Do you turn towards them or away from them? So do you go, you go towards them. This is so curious. All the pilots say that. And me. And you, she's the only one. From them. So do you go crotch to crotch or butt to butt? question i've actually done both and i'm not sure what my you don't so you is. don't know what you do you don't I, do the same thing every i don't time? do the same thing every time really well that's i guess the maybe it one. depends on who it is now see that's the 10 percent. <laughs> this is what I'm, I'm finding the percentages so you're in the 10 percent of men it's only men who go by the attractiveness of the person they're passing well maybe that's so yes. i'm not sure i do it consciously but <laughs> and if i do it consciously don't tell my wife <laughs> So the results of my very informal, unscientific, purely anecdotal survey of hundreds of people (laughs) is that it's definitely gender specific whether or not you turn crotch to crotch or butt to butt. So almost a hundred percent of women say they turn away. So they go back to back. There was only one woman and she's from another country. And she said, culturally, she thought it was rude to turn your back to someone. But also this, she's so cute. She's an adorable petite flight attendant. And she weighs, I would guess, under 90 pounds soaking wet. (laughs) So as she was telling it, the captain said later, he goes, you know what? She doesn't even have to turn either way. She can go straight on and she's smaller than somebody else turning. (laughs) Okay, so uh, so it can't be 100 percent of women because one was different. So 95 percent of women turn away. And it's probably because you have more lady parts on the front of you. And we think it's more, you know, polite or appropriate and 60% of men toward, turn towards the person. So they go crotch to crotch. And I'd say 30% of men 
said they would turn away. So they're going butt to butt. And that's I'm, I'm categorizing them as the gentleman because <laughs> they said it was more polite, appropriate. And, uh, and, and most of the male flight attendants said that. And then there was the 10 percent of men that qualify which way they turn, depending on the attractiveness of the other person. So the men were really the wild card in this purely unscientific, informal, anecdotal survey of whether or not you turn butt to butt or crotch to crotch. What do you do? Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. And I will have lots of stories in the next episode from my trip to uh, Sulawesi or Sulawesi or Sulawesi. Um, I'll have lots of stories uh, from when I get back from there. <laughs> Thanks. Bye.